Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Hallelujah. Okay, I am going to turn in our Bibles today to the Gospel of Luke, and I am going to begin with verse number 26. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Christmas story here today. The Bible says in verse number 26, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named uh, Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Let me just throw this out so you understand that uh, betrothed, we consider betrothed to be engaged. And uh, in our day, uh, just because you are engaged does not mean anything. (laughs) You can just uh, break off the engagement anytime you want and decide this is not for me and all's well that ends well, except for hurt feelings. This was not the case in Bible times. Betrothed was a legal commitment. It was like we are married. The marriage ceremony had not yet happened, but betrothal, you were, you were legally committed. All right? Keep that in mind. So Mary was uh, betrothed uh, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. It's interesting she didn't consider that there's an angel in my room. She just considered it strange that the angel's calling me holy or, you know, a favored one. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. I want to emphasize and focus on these two words right here. You will. Everyone say that with me. You will. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord will give him the throne of David his father, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be? And I want to focus on those words. I want to focus on the words earlier of the angel saying, You will, and I want to focus on Mary saying, How can this be? Since I do not know a man, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I want to talk to you today from this, these verses of scripture, this message that I have entitled, You Will, My Will. That is not a typo. It's not supposed to say your will, my will. It is supposed to say you will, my will. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for the goodness of the Lord. We pray by your spirit that you will touch our hearts, our understanding, and our ears today to hear what the spirit of the Lord would have us in this church 
to know, to understand, to comprehend as we go forth, not only during this holiday season, but into the soon coming new year and into the rest of our lives. I pray that you will touch and bless us and transform us in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Would you clap your hands one more time for Jesus? Give him the glory and the honor and the praise that he alone is worthy of. Amen. Amen. It is possible that this will be the shortest message I have ever preached in my ministry. That said, I hope it is also among the most powerful messages that I've ever preached in my ministry. I want to begin today by asking this question. Can the Lord say to you, you will? You will. And can he say you will without us complaining, resisting, or struggling in any way? He did not come to Mary and say, will you? He came to Mary and said, you will. And that's a powerful understanding. He knew her heart. He knew her mindset. He knew her love for God. And so he was able to send an angel with this message from him. This is what you will do. Knowing that Mary would be okay with that. Now the Gospel of Matthew explains that Joseph was a righteous man. Being a righteous man, the Bible said, because he was a righteous man, it gives us a little insight of what the, when the Bible, when the angel comes and says, you will, this scripture gives us a little bit of insight of what this means. The Bible says Joseph was a righteous man and because he was a righteous man, he was unwilling to expose Mary to shame. And so he decided to divorce her quietly. That's why I say a betrothal, although the marriage ceremony had not taken place, it was already a legal binding commitment. And so Joseph was going to divorce her quietly for what reason? He was going to divorce her quietly because of the shame and the reproach. Unlike our day, the shame and the reproach of being pregnant and not having a husband or not having the marriage ceremony yet. The reproach, the rejection, and this will of God for her to have a son while she was not yet gone through the marriage ceremony with her betrothed the husband was going to cost Mary dearly. It was going to be a great price she was going to pay. She was going to lose her self-worth. She was going to lose her dignity. She was going to lose her value in the eyes of everybody in society. She was going to go through a life of hardship, of disdain, of, of uh, people looking at, her the, looking at her sideways and rejecting her and turning their backs on her. This is what Mary was facing when an angel showed up and said, you're going to bring forth a son. How can I? She said, I've not known a man. How can I bring forth a son? And so the will of God for Mary's life was going to cost her dearly. Dearly it was going to cost her. It was going to change her future. It was going to rob her of any value in society. And just so you get an idea of exactly what this was going to cost Mary, you only need to read the story of the harlot woman that was dragged before Jesus 
with the townspeople ready to stone her to death because she had been caught doing what Mary was going to be accused of. Jesus got her out of it by simply saying he was without sin cast the first stone. But this story is long before that took place. In fact, Jesus wasn't even around yet to say, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. She was going to face a difficult life because of the will of God. Can you say amen? But Mary's thoughts never ventured to wonder what it would cost her. She never said to the angel, this is going to destroy me. What about my reputation? What about Joseph's reputation? What about my family's reputation? You're really asking a big request of me. This is going to be very difficult to live with. You're telling me I'm going to bear a child and I have not known a man yet. No one's going to believe that story. I'm going to be derided. I'm going to be hated. I'm going to be an outcast. Those thoughts never crossed Mary's mind. When the angel said, you are going to bring forth a child, her question was not why. Her question is how. How? Not why do you want me to do this. How can I do this? If it is your will, show me how to accomplish it. Oh God, give me that attitude that when the will of God is revealed to my life and it is difficult and it is going to cost me and it is going to bring shame or reproach or rejection. Don't let me be found asking why. Let me be found asking God, how do you want me to get this done? Praise God. And so again, can the Lord say to you and me, you will, without us asking why instead of how. Why, the word why, the question why, is based in my will. That's why my sermon title is You Will. That's what God wants to say. The question why is based in my will. That's what we deal with. The question, why, is based in my will. The statement, you will, is based in his will. I want his will in my life. Now, there's another Bible character who I want to just focus on for a moment. And he also focused on these two dilemmas. You will and my will. You will, not how. But in this case, this person asked, why? Why? Mary said, how? This person said, why? You'll be familiar with this person because everybody knows about this young man. From their childhood up, they hear about Jonah and the whale. <laughs> Although the Bible doesn't say it was a whale. It says it was a great fish. People try to prove that there's no way Jonah could live in the belly of a whale for three days. It's impossible. Well, you know, the Bible never said it was a whale. Just said it was a great fish, and who knows what lived back then. The Lord spoke to Jonah and said, Go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it. Preach to it, for it is wickedness rises up before me. Now, I'm not going to go through all the explanation of this, but Nineveh was a city much larger than the city of Schenectady. 
much, in fact, it probably was more likely the size of the entire capital region here. And Jonah was sent to Nineveh, and God wanted him to preach to Nineveh, walk through the city streets, telling everybody that the wrath of God was going to fall against sin. But Jonah did not wish to have to preach to these people because he didn't like these people. He didn't like them. They were the enemies of the Lord, enemies of his nation, enemies of his people, enemies of Israel. In fact, if you read the story and read between the lines, you will see that Jonah did not like the Ninevites. In fact, Jonah really wanted them to go ahead and receive the judgment of God. You ever feel that way about somebody? <laughs> I'll be there to watch you burn in hell. Well, that's not probably a right attitude. Maybe you should be there to try to get him out of hell. <laughs> Jonah did not wish to preach to them. <clears throat> he wished that Nineveh would be able to die in its sins. He did not want them to know about the opportunity for salvation. He did not want them to turn and live for God. And so Jonah tried to run away from the city God had sent him to preach to. He tried to run away from it. He went down to Joppa. And you know the story. He got on the ship to Tarshish and was going to take off. And he ends up in the belly of the great fish. We know all of that. I fear today where I'm concerned. I'm not saying this about you. I'm saying this about me. And if the shoe fits, I'm asking you to try it on also, see if it fits. I fear today that I personally fall into the category of Jonah more often than I, that I fall into the category of Mary. I fear more often I'm afraid of, question, don't want, don't like, whatever, the will of God for what I have to do for the plans he might have for my life, for the decisions he might make in my daily affairs, for the ways he might want me to treat certain people. I fear I fall into the category of Jonah more than I fall into the category of Mary. I fear there is more in me that is concerned about my will than there is in me agreeing with his will. God help me to reach the place in 2021 where I can go to prayer and say to you how rather than why. Yes. How rather than why. So let's spend this holiday season. I told you that this is going to be a sh possibly the shortest message I've ever preached while at the same time could be the most life-transforming, if we allow it to. I want to head into this holiday season and this coming new year, seeking to be in a place where God can simply say to me, you will, and I simply say, how? Not why. Not, are you kidding me? Not, not me. I want to enter this new coming year with a new attitude that no matter what God requires of me, whether I like it or not, or whether it costs me or not, I do not ever want to be found asking why. 
I want to be found asking, Lord, show me how. Show me how. And I close with Luke chapter 22, verse 42, what I believe to be the most powerful, I think the most powerful verse of Scripture possibly in the Word of God, if there is a verse more powerful than another. The reason I say this is because on this verse hung humanity's salvation. Without this verse, you and I are going to hell. And that is, while Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, getting ready to take on himself the sins of the world. I try to help people understand what this must have felt like by asking you to remember back to a time in your life when you felt guilt. You did something wrong, you knew you did something wrong. Maybe you were a little kid, maybe you knew mom or dad was going to find out. Maybe you were skipping school. That's that feeling you get when you know you are in the wrong. Jesus was taking on your feeling plus the feelings of every person who ever lived or whoever would live. And we're not just talking about the guilt of mistreating your husband or your wife or your children or your mom or your dad or stealing an apple or stealing a dollar or stealing a record from a, from a store. We're talking about some of the most gruesome, diabolical, dastardly deeds sins of men like Adolf Hitler who could have come and repented had he wanted to for all of his sins because they were carried on Calvary's tree and Jesus got down and prayed and looked at all of those sins and realized he was going to take the guilt and the shame of all of that onto his shoulders and carry it to Calvary and he said if it be possible let this cup pass from me I'm here to tell you he was not talking about a crucifixion cup passing from him. He was talking about bearing the sins of the world. Let this cup pass from me. If it's possible, let it pass from me. And he ended that prayer by saying, nevertheless, not my will. Thy will be done. You will, Lord, bring me to the place where you can look at me and say, this is what you will do. And I will say, not my will, thine be done. Can you stand with me this morning? Lord, speak to me. And any time you want, give me a heart that you can walk up to like Mary and say, you will. And I will simply say, show me how. Show me how. Jesus, I pray that you'll touch every one of our hearts today. As this old year comes to a close, we faced many difficulties. We faced many hardships. But Lord, none of these hardships could keep us from doing the will of God if we didn't want it to. Your will will still be accomplished in the earth no matter what transpires. And so bring me to the place today where when you walk up to me, 
You don't have to coax me. You don't have to prod me. You don't have to put me in the whale of a great fish. Bring me to the place where you can simply say to me, this is what you will do. And I will simply say, Lord, show me how. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.